There's an interesting account in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus' disciples come to him uh, asking why they weren't able to cast out a demon from a boy. And then Jesus says this, It's because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Uh, I'm always convicted when I hear this passage. I want just a little faith like that. And our guest on today's show has this kind of faith, and he's sharing his story of stepping out with his life and seeing what God does. Sam Badgey is a man of God and a follower of Jesus who has put his money where his mouth is, so to speak, when it comes to living his life for Christ. His story takes us from voodoo villages in Senegal to New York City in the middle of winter, wearing only a t-shirt, to getting a college degree from the estimable Michigan State University. I hope you're inspired and enjoy it. Oh, and it's worth mentioning also that Travis and Brendan are talking with Sam So don't be alarmed when you don't hear my voice, but you hear theirs. This is Rise and Live. So I grew up in the Gambia. The Gambia is a country of about 2 million people. Mm. Very tiny country compared to the United States. But yeah, it's a small country out in Africa. Um, So I grew up um, in this um, household of about four people. Mm. Uh, Me, my dad, my sister, and my mom. And I grew up in kind of a Christian background Mm. where you, you are a Christian by, you know, by name, if you will. Mm. In many ways, we um, were lukewarm. And nothing really pushed me to um, kind of go towards the direction of, you know, being a Christian all the way. That is, being a Christian for Christ in all that I did. So, I grew up in this, you know, church family. We went to church. We did everything as Christians would do. But it was... I, I, I didn't see that much of... Um, like experiencing the life of Christ as I did, let's say, today, or I envisioned that the Bible was talking about. Because we did Bible studies, we did all these great stories, but didn't get to experience any of it. And it was just like this Christian by name and just um, nothing more nothing on that. And so that's how it went on till, um, till I think, ninth grade, where... We had to, me and my family had to go back to, um, we had this called, it's, it's kind of a heritage thing. We had a to, heritage thing? Yeah. We had to okay. go back to this heritage thing, which is part of our tribe. I'm, I'm okay. from the tribe called the Jola, okay. the Jola people. Okay. And so this heritage is um, in a different country. This, this place where this heritage is going to take place is where, like, Ancient Africans have they've been there for ages. Mm. They're just a bunch of small islands. People of you know it was the first settlements basically in Africa, mm. and that didn't can date back to I don't know whenever. But it's 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 um, it was a very I was young then, 
So uh, we went, obviously, as Christians, and we went with um, relatives and um, a lot of people um, down to those islands. This, this, those islands were in a neighboring country, Senegal, which is uh, bordering the Gambia. But they were deep, deep into um, highly, like, really tropical areas. These yeah. are densely, densely, you know, a lot of trees, mm. like... It feels like nature has not been touched in right. that area. So just, there's no back in your car right up to this. No, <laughs> you don't have any cars. Those, um, you don't have any cars. You take this small boat. Hmm. Not wow. even, it's not even a boat. It's a canoe. You have <laughs> can't even call it a boat. No, no. I can't call it a boat. <laughs> it's a it's it's a canoe sized thing, and you have like like most of my tribe members. We have like I don't know. 50, 60 people, family and kids. So multiple boats were going. Okay. And we had um, cows and stuff that need to be go that need to go to those you're, islands. You're taking a full cow cows on a canoe. <laughs> because there was no car. Right. You can't go with a car. Those people on the island have never seen a car. So it's wow. like, yeah, they've never seen a car. They've never seen anything like that. So we, we anything you have, you got to take it by boat, by a canoe. Sorry. And so we, we we went to this place and we were we were lost initially. We were mm -hmm. going. It was dark. We were you know going on this journey. It's just this mangroves. They're like mangroves are like um, kind of little. They're like threes on these little streams or bolongs we call them. Okay. That just outline this bolong this bolong um, across its length basically. Okay. So you follow these balongs until you get to that place. I mean, it's it's scary. This site mm. is scary. You, these are like islands in the middle of nowhere. And right. first arriving there and um, looking at the area, it was it was quite quite a sight. Um, what what did you first see? I guess like when you first got there. When I first got there, um, I was looking around. It was just like me going like dating back to probably like the 12th century or something. Wow. It was just like, whoa, what is going on here? This is different. I've never mm. seen this. And so when I was there, when I when I um, when we arrived there, um, things were going on. This, you know, ritual, relatives of relatives are there, you know, grandparents, great-grandparents, everyone, everyone is there. And it's this huge occasion where um, this ritual occurs and all these things. So we... we <laughs> So while we were there, before we, we went to this ritual, so men mm. went to a separate place. And you go into the bush, basically. You okay. go into your own corner or whatever, and the whole group of men would go separate, and the women would go separate. And so when we, when I first arrived, it, my dad and mom were, like, um, kind of <laughs> terrified of it. Hmm. Why is that? Although we were Christians, this, this place is very... Um, it's, a land that is, you know, full of witchcraft and spiritual wow. warfare, wow. basically. Yeah. Mm. And so we had to go. My family had to go to this place where we were, we have no, we had no choice. Basically, we had yeah. to use. There were amulets, and there were um, this, um, yeah, <laughs> this this small place where you go to. Um, you basically could go, and there is a small shrine, mm. and you would go, and you would. Um, say your name and basically you're giving your life to them wow. for protection during that stay in that place because that place is not a joke 
people would kill you spiritually and you would die physically because of the spiritual warfare in there. It's so it's like and it would, and it would really ha- like it would you'd really know stories of this. Yes, happening. this is yeah, this is spiritual warfare. People would wow. People in the United States might not understand this. Yeah, yeah. But spiritual warfare, as the Bible would say it, is like they would kill you spiritually and you would hit, you would die or you would go to the hospital and the doctors would not see anything and you, you would just be you would just be walking dead. I've I've heard of this. Yeah, I, I spent a week in Haiti and oh, really? it, and one of the times we really? we met a, a voodoo doctor Ooh. and and the way they talked about this guy. Yeah. And I mean, I went into his office and it was like. I remember there was a certain kind of fear that you only fear in a, t- a yes. situation like that. Yep. I mean, he had, yeah, a bunch of different things, like different, like, skulls and, and mm. stuff. And you're just like, this is Skull, crazy. Yes. And I remember talking to our guide who is a really, like, really practical guy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, so do people really, you know, believe this guy is, like, sort of spiritual power? He's like, well, do we believe it? He does. Mm. Like wow, he will, yeah. like you can get cursed by yeah. these kind of things, and it will actually affect you physically, and you will, yeah, you will die. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, sorry, but yeah, so it's a it's a real thing, it's and so, you it, really would hear stories of like this is happening. You're going in there thinking, yes, these people can curse me, yeah. and I can actually die from spiritual warfare. Yeah, definitely. So it's just it's real as it gets. You have this witches and wizards and. It's just darkness, basically, right. and the whole ritual and all that was basically satanic, if you will. Mm. How was that affecting you, Sam? Like, what were you? I was, when you were <laughs> I was right. so terrified, and I had to put on this huge amulets around my waist, around my arms, this huge different things for protection and um, voodoo, and it was just terrifying. We 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 have stories of when we were there. This this ritual happens every twenty years. And it happens across many um, tribes and all that. Mm-hmm. We hear stories when we're there that other tribes, some people have died because of voodoo and blah, 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 and witchcraft. So it was just terrifying that right. you were there. Am I going to survive this? You know, it's not a physical fight. You would not right. see your enemy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you would come in the dark and come spiritually into wow. They will attack you spiritually. And you're a kid at this point. I was a kid at this point oh in gosh. this jungle, basically. Um, so... <laughs> Um, I w- so this happened for a month, a whole month, a whole month. You were there, you were for, there a for a whole month. month. Yes. I thought it was a, you know, you're in and out. No, <laughs> it's for a month. And Every day you're waking up in this environment. Yes, it's for a month. Um, your water you would drink, will you drink it from a stream? You basically living this jungle life. It's all crazy, crazy jungle life. And when it finally got over, just going home, I was just so glad to make it out of there alive. It was just. Right. What it just happened, you know, and um, yeah, we made it home all the way, and we when when we when we arrived, I told my mom that I told both of my parents that you know what I think I would go to this place and preach the word to these people. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> How did that? What switch yeah. for you? Yeah. Right. So I I was just you know going to church and all that. It, it, you know, dawned on me that maybe um, my God is a bigger God than what these, what I experienced here. Amen. Because if wow. this is life, then then we're screwed. Because <laughs> this is just darkness, and you can't do anything to protect yourself from right. it. And so it was just terrifying for me. And um, I love that question, by the way. Just, yeah, like maybe my God is just, yeah, like preach. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Yes, and it was just like I don't know. It's just like 
maybe, maybe my God is bigger than this because if these people are to have complete domination over you, it's just like you screwed. You can't do anything to protect right. yourself. So, um, I, I, when I told them that, they're like, you are crazy. <laughs> you are crazy. Like, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> So it was like, so I felt stupid. I was like, ah, probably I, I am crazy. Maybe I'm just doing too much. So um, it happened that we had this, our our um, church had this, um, it's called Methodist Youth Camp, which um, we go through, we go to every year. So I went for this for about four consecutive years. And man, it just changed my life. It gave me just boldness. Mm. Kind of gave me this spiritual fire. Mm, kind of, wow. um, kind of drew me to God and just moved both me and my family towards God. Wow. And what we, ex- what I experienced, came home telling them, and we just, it was just a, a tipping point um, in my life. And coming to know the Lord more, you, you just. So this happened four years, and I, I just got this spiritual spark. And at the end of the four years, this was in 2017. I thought about going to study, right? Mm-hmm. And it was college time, and and I have this in this this thought in the spirit. Probably I should apply for the United States or something like that. So okay. I was like, ah, man. Uh, then I was like, you know, oh, so what? it was just to interrupt you. There. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you just had this idea. It was like through prayer that you thought I might. Yeah, go to it was college. Where, where do I go? Where do I go? Where do I go? And I had to start that probably United States. So, uh-huh. but I don't have any funds to get there. Mm. I don't have any means to get there. And when I mean by funds, I'm talking about like um, like my family. If you calculate what we use gross in a day, we'll probably be, and then when you convert it to dollars, basically, it'll be probably one dollar. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So going to the United wow. States... So buying a plane ticket is like oh that that is like <laughs> no yeah. it, it, it's like what are you talking about? so it's like right. way over it. so wow. the application or whatever was just crazy but also getting the visa the student visa the common study is also out of the world because right. um, almost like seven other people that I know who've gone to apply for it were denied so it was right. like getting it was also impossible so it was like this huge obstacle hmm. so I decided to pray 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 went and applied and got it it was like what it was like okay like this is like huge right and um i remember just like i, I before i went i just made this covenant that the lord made the, the, the um my going possible to the united states because it was just a huge obstacle that i don't think i can even get to because of finances and all that that i would you know, spread the word both in the United States and I would go back to that place. <laughs> I would go back to that <laughs> island to spread the word. And so you use the word covenant, like you're making a promise with God. Yes. Like he'll provide is, for yes, you. Yes. You're going to um, be a missionary both wherever you were at in college, yes, but yep. then come back to that come same back. village. Wow. Yes. And that village, I even forgot to say, the village has no church. It has no, they, have a, they don't know Christ, basically. Right. I mean, Christ is just a different world for them. They've never even heard of it. They're, it's just darkness. That's an unreached people. That's like, we sometimes think, like, yeah. these people don't know the gospel. Well, if you're in the United States, like, people have heard of Jesus because there are Christians in the United States. This yes. is a place where Jesus may not no. have never been named. No, people, people, I heard um, during my discussion with my parents that, 
anybody who tries to bring a church to that place either start stop doing it or they got you know spiritual fights for it it was just hard to bring a church into that place you you would have spiritual fights you would not be able to do it and this happened you know over people have tried to do it in the past um, but could not so I made this covenant that if I am able to succeed then I would go that is a sign that I would go that the Lord is telling me yes you would go to that place so I wow. yeah I got the visa I was like wow that is amazing and now the air ticket so that was like insane amount of money those so <laughs> my dad has had this um, pickup truck mm. That is sold basically. Wow. wow! Because of their, you know, they are praying with me and all that. They had the faith to sell the only pickup truck truck that my, you know, dad had. Wow! <laughs> and uh, we were contemplating selling the the place we lived in. This was a small plot of land, and the pickup truck. But the pickup truck ended up going. So that was that was we were like okay. Mm. And so, but the pickup uh, the ad ticket, and I got about three hundred and fifteen dollars left. Okay. <laughs> and so, oh, so you buy the air ticket and then you still have three fifteen. Three fifteen left. Yes, and that's what you're coming with to the United States. Yes, this, this yeah. Okay, going to college with um, this amount of money that I have. So, I um, so yeah, bought the plane. This was the fourth of March, twenty seventeen, and I was in this country of two million people where you have this scanty like scanty amount of people and you go to this big city in New York and New, New York City wow. so within yeah like JFK JFK or, okay. yes yeah and you're talking about you seeing people upon people from the same day <laughs> so it was like this huge shift I was like what so at New York I came in this <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of clothes on basically so I, I thought maybe, oh, this is March. <clears throat> this is March. Oh, it was cold. It was, cold. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cold. It was. It snowed heavily that day. Oh no! So when I arrived, I got out of the thing, um, the airport. No, 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 no. When I arrived, I was doing the checkout where you have to go to customs and all that. And you have inter- they separated us into students. Um, um, green card holders, citizens, mm-hmm. go this way, go this way. So I went, and there was one international in front of me, and they are like, when you're coming to the states as an international student, you should have ten thousand dollars. That is just for your initial housing, just for housing, not even tuition or and all that. And I, I don't even have. <laughs> I just have three hundred fifteen dollars. Right. That's all I have. I don't right. even have tuition or any of that. Wow. So, <laughs> so when I got there, they told me. Um, yeah, what, what do you, what do you, they, they fingerprinted me, did all that and say, okay, what, what kind of finances do you have? I, and I told them, because they don't want people to come here and then not be students and go to work or whatever. So that's why right. they're doing that. So, so they might not let you in. Yeah, they could not yeah, let you okay. in because they might think that you're going to work or you, you use this student visa thing to come and then go to work and do other jobs, which is different from your student status. So I I saw I told I saw money counted and it was like three hundred and fifteen dollars and it was like where is he no he told me I told him I got three hundred fifteen dollars he was like huh <laughs> <laughs> he stared at me he was like what and I was like 
<laughs> I was like, what do I do? It was like, um, as I told you, it's like going to a bank and you tell the teller I have 15 bucks and they tell you, what? Yeah, like, people around you, yeah, yeah, people around you, you don't want to say 15 bucks? Like, <laughs> so it's like $315. He was like, what? You, he was like, come over here. So he took me, so when we were working to the secondary screen, and that's for people with, who flew in with cocaine or some of that. <laughs> you know, so they, you're in here with, in with all this. I was with the criminals in the secondary screen. Like, from there, they, you might get deported. Like, <laughs> like I was like, so when we were, I was working with this guy back to that secondary screen, I was telling him, no, I'm not coming to work. I'm coming to school and blah, blah, blah. He was not getting it. He was like, no, come, let's go. And I got to this place. I was just praying. I was there was a lot of people in this room. I don't even. I don't. I, don't, I was just concentrating on my my own issue and praying, 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 praying. And they just checked my documents. And this guy told me, "Oh, you all set. Have your documents and go." I was like, "What?" They didn't even address that money that I came with. They just told me, you all set, just go. They didn't even ask me, why did you bring this money? Do you even have honor of money? Do you have some more money to pay for your tuition for for, for his stay in Jackson College and all that? And, and they just let me go. Wow. I was just, so I was in that, you know, hesitation. I'm getting out of this airport right now before they even recall me back. <laughs> hey, come back. So I just, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. So I rushed out and I because back home they told me you know the US is cold and blah 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 so I thought because in December we have this cool kind of temperature chilly a little bit chilly right but not even close I mean if it's chilly it comes down to probably like maybe in the 65 range in the US that's the you know, cold yeah, as it nice, gets. Nice warm day. Yeah, nice warm yeah. day in Michigan. So, <laughs> so uh, it was just like I I was rushing to get out of that place as soon as I can before they call me back. And as I got out, it struck me that this place is just cold. Like it was, it was like what in the world is this kind where of cold? Did I just show where up where to did that? I show up to? Like in. <laughs> You know, a moment of hours, I'm in this place that is so cold. I have this huge suitcase with me. I didn't know. So it was like, you know, like crazy. So I, in that moment, I went back into the airport right away because it was so cold. I couldn't be there. Went back in, but I had to get out. Man, I don't want to stay in the airport before they come back. So I got out and this guy told me, hey, come over here. Come over. I was waiting for this cab and there was no cab and I was freezing. This guy told me, hey, come. I'll drive you over. I'll drive you over. I, I told him, where are you going? I told him, Penn Station. So I didn't even know where Penn Station was. I thought maybe in this $314, I would pay $50 for no matter how bad it is from JFK to Penn Station. Then it might be around $50. And the remainder I would use to travel to Michigan, to Jackson. Did you have someone waiting for you in Jackson? No. Nobody's waiting for me, no. <laughs> so I... Just the Holy Spirit. Just the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I... Um, this guy told me, come over here, come over here. I got into his car and mm-hmm. we started driving. He was like, um, yeah, give me four bucks and I'll pay for this toll. I was like, okay. I gave him four bucks and he gave it to the toll per, uh, person. We drove off and... Um, uh, our country had you just have two lanes, probably the largest you can get, or three, I think, or two. I, I, don't, I don't remember, but we, you know this huge highway. It's right. now I'm talking seven seven p.m. Huge highway, you know, 
in New York, busy, nobody cares, nobody hears any sound. You are just alone in the sky with this guy. And he, when we were driving, he told me, um, he, I told him, so how much is it going to cost? He was like, um, yeah, it's not, I, I'll tell you in a bet. So we drove, 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 and he told me, give me the money. No. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, but I know, initially I was like, yeah, yeah, he means probably money. And he was like, no, I mean, give me all the money. I was like, just to take you on the cab to Penn Station. Yes, he was like, give me all the money. I was like, what? But I, I tried to explain that. Oh, I'm going to school. I just have this money with right. me. I tried to explain. He was like, give me the damn money. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm in trouble. Um, so, <laughs> oh I, uh, yeah, it was terrifying. I was like, maybe this guy's gone or whatever. Right. I don't know. Um, so I was like, man. So. I tried to explain to him, but he was not getting it. He, was, he, he just took the money. Man. All of it. He took out everything. He took well, out now everything. you're at Penn Station. You need to get to Michigan, but you got zero. Yeah, yeah. I have zero. And no coat. No, no, nothing. <laughs> no, no phone line, because the phone doesn't work in a different country. So right. I have no phone line, nothing, no communication. So he took the money, and um, he dropped me off. And I told him, but I got a call. I got to gotta call somebody to probably help me. And he was like, no, you, no, no, we, we, you know, I'm, I'm going. So, but he let me, he, he called, right? He called and he wouldn't let me speak because I might um, let um, the number know. The person who was this friend who applied for Jackson and was in Jackson for a little while, right? So I was telling him, I'm at Penn Station, blah, blah, blah. Explaining my situation, maybe he would help, or probably, uh, and then probably somebody else. But as I was, as I talked to him, he wouldn't let me, like, you know, take the phone. Yeah. But so he explained everything. He's here, yeah, he's stranded. I'm uh, sending money. Um, he has no money with him right now, and blah blah blah. And he just left. He just drove off. So I was, you know, I t- so I was just using these phone lines and going up and down using this, you know, public phone lines that are in the Penn Station that are free. And I would mm-hmm. communicate. Um, and then I was able to get the money sent to to get my um, ticket printed off. Wow. So when I went to get my ticket printed off, um, I went there and I saw the summary of the ticket. Mm-hmm. And the summary of the ticket is a heading that contained from, it says, from JFK to um, Jackson, mm. right? Not JFK, Union Station, New York to Jackson. Mm-hmm. And it's just a summary. It's just the heading of the, the thing. But it's not the actual ticket. You had, because you had, you had to um, stop at different stops, and so you ha- they have to cut every ticket. So I just right. took the top, the summary. I was like, I got it. This is the summary. It says this, this, this. I'm all good. So I went. So the t- ticket was still printing, but I was like, ah, man, I don't need this. So I left, and I went and sat down. It was cold. There was no heater, and, yeah. you know, it's this cold day. And, and so it was like, so I missed the thing because of the delay. I missed my I missed the bus that I should have taken, so I had to wait till the next day. So I was mm. sleeping in this um, Union Station, and so I finally got to. Um, so it was like three a.m. The the thing would leave at five, and I looked at my summary and looked at the other guys. He has like this pile of ticket. So I was like, what? So I asked him, wait, where's 
why do you have to carry all this? Said, no, they, they cut it, blah, blah, blah. He was explaining that, okay, anyway, go. Every station, they would cut part of it. And for that journey, let's say, it's from New York to Buffalo, they would mm. cut part of it. So I was like, oh, my. I just screwed myself up. And Oh, no. It was like... Oh man! So I went back and finally there was a girl who was able to help me out at the desk. He was like, "Okay, we'll reprint it for you." Wow! Yeah, luckily, I was able to get it printed out and I was able to buy it. So when I bought it, uh, it took about twenty-four hours to travel. Mm. It was like twenty-four hours. So when I arrived at Jackson, I was just exhausted and just super exhausted. And mm. um, school was about three days out. Yeah. The, the start of the semester was three <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah, start of the semester was like three days out. I was in this um, college dorm and all that, ready for school. And so, mm-hmm. like now, like describe for us, like, because mm-hmm. you have some cool stories mm-hmm. of just being at Jackson. So God provides. On um, just to recap, God mm-hmm. provides in a crazy way just for you to get into the country. Yes, and to get there and to be able to be at Jackson College, but you still don't have like a bunch of money to pay for school. I have nothing basically. <laughs> so how, how do you get through all your studies there over the last couple of years? Man, so yes, so I got to Jackson, and you got to pay for dorm, you got to pay for your tuition, and all that. So it was like, what do I do, Lord? Like I, I, I don't have anything. So the fourth semester, they would let you, they would let a student deposit. Any any amount, small amount, whatever you do, you can let you deposit whatever, right? The first semester they won't push you. Oh, you gotta pay everything. So they can let you deposit anything, or they can let you start, mm. but you will not be able to register for any other thing because they they think they're thinking that okay, yeah, he's gonna pay probably installments or whatever throughout the semester. He's gonna mm. pay us or whatever. So they're not keen on like getting oh pay pay mm-hmm. um, most colleges at least. So, I was at his dorm, and I started my classes and all that, and it was like, I got dorm, you got, you got anything that comes with a dorm, but I have no money to even pay for those things. Hmm. So, and this happened, so, not even, before that, so when I first arrived, I asked, uh, uh, so because I knew that if I don't have any Thing related to the Lord while I you know was in Jackson the first days I might not do it I might be sucked into college life I might be sucked into the different country thing mm. and I might just you know drift away and all that and so, so you made the decision I, I gotta get my yeah. faith right first yes I might get my faith yeah. right first so I started looking up frantically um, Christian something wow. in Jackson College you know what I love about that man yeah. is that there's just a lot of humility yeah. because even though you were coming into the country Riding like you said four four summers of like our equivalent of CMA. Mm-hmm. It's like being a being in UCO four years. Yeah, and yeah. you're just riding this spiritual high, mm-hmm. but knowing that I'm going to a new country, new temptations. Yeah, I know the devil hasn't quit on trying to take me out. Yeah, I know there's still spiritual <laughs> darkness around me. It may look different, mm-hmm. but it's still there. If I don't actively pursue it, if I don't like feverishly like mm-hmm. look for a group of believers to to fill me up. Yeah, I'm good as gone. Yeah. And I love it, too, because, like, you knew in a very practical way, <laughs> I need to rely on God. Otherwise, I have, there's no way I'm paying for tuition. There's yes. no way I'm getting through all this. Oh. Like, God's the only one who's been providing me the whole way. Yes. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. It's it's a do or die. I, I have to be with the Lord or I'm screwed, basically. You know? <laughs> it's like, wow. yeah, so, I mean, game, 
lost this money, this only money that the Lord gave me, basically, by this guy taking that, the only money that I had, and now I was with nothing in, in campus, and I was like, I gotta be with the Lord right away. If not, I don't want to be drifted here and lose focus, and <laughs> it's gonna be tough for me. So I looked up this Christian, so I looked up Christian whatever, and there was a phone number to call this old guy. He's an 80-year-old called Bill. This so guy, I, Bill, by the way, like, we know him. Yeah. It's Bill Navarre. He's, like, an amazing... He's a missionary yeah. to college students at 80-something years old. Yeah. Uh, so just an incredible guy. So you get in contact with Bill. Bill. How does that go? So I called Bill up. I was like, um, do you have any Christian stuff? It's just this Christian student club. This is what we do. Bill's phone number. So I called Bill. And he was like, yeah, I'm the older type. And, uh, <laughs> he was just know, straight up with you. Yeah, he was yeah. When, when we meet, um, just to let you know, I'm the older type. Um, yeah, I've been doing this, you know, the past six years. So let's meet and I would show you my, so, uh, you know, my paperwork and all that about Christian Student Club. I, I, we really need people here. I, I don't have somebody to, you know, I have, though I have a few people here, but I, I don't have, um, you know, I didn't have a good amount of people to spread the word here, so we would definitely be glad to have you on. And so he was wondering, how can this guy come from a country, you know, 6,000 miles away to come join the Christian student calling me? What is going on here? So he was surprised, like, what? <laughs> so we met and we talked about the Christian student club. He told me about everything, the outreach, the Bible studies, the gappers, which... Mm-hmm. Gap was, um, if you can. Yeah, gap program. This is uh, people that that spend a year and serve, and and so we had some people doing that in Lansing, and they would come down to Jackson College to help with this Christian student club, so yeah. helping to run Bible studies. Yes. So, so you met the gappers through that. Yes, I met the gappers yeah. through them coming down to Jackson and Jackson and helping us out. So, so we, I talked to Bill, and uh, yeah, we, we because. We, we didn't have any Bible studies in the summer, so it was for the fall. So we made plans for the fall that we we're going to, you know, start up the Christian Student Club in the fall and just go for it. So so this this semester was coming to an end. So mm-hmm. I was trying to, so this, this soccer, um, this, because I came, I joined the, um, the soccer um, club of Jackson. Mm-hmm. So that helped me, um, helped me financially to pay for this. Um, dorm that I was living in because the dorms you would have to pay for. So, so you were on the actual soccer team. For yes, I was on the so- soccer team, and there was a scholarship. So the, the, yes, yeah, so for living in the dorms, they would give you a scholarship. But I didn't come on a soccer scholarship, so I didn't have any privilege of getting a soccer scholarship or whatever. But yeah. other 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 players had soccer yeah. scholarships, but I didn't have any. But they paid. There was some sort of scholarship so, they paid so for, for the dorms, dorms because you have to be there and go to okay. train and all that. So this semester was coming to an end, and um, I broke my wrist. Mm. It was the first week of training. I broke my wrist, and so soccer was no more for me because I broke my wrist. I can't run. I it's just I just broke it, and it was a week before CMA. This was 2017. Mm. Just to, for the audience, the CMA is uh, is this just. Uh, summer program we run for college students trying to train them to be missionaries and it's a campus mission academy yes and you were going to go to that yes i was well bill told me about cma he mm. took, called me and told me about cma would you want to go i was like um yeah i think so i'll give it a shot so i broke my wrist and i went to this place we had i had the consult with the doctors and all these healthcare members of the healthcare team 
they were telling me that you have a 15 degree deviation, you would need a surgery, and that that falls the same day as one of the days in CMA. So I was like, man, do I want to go to the surgery? I didn't have money to do that surgery. Right. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, so I had to. They're telling me about surgery. Yeah, like like the whole team came in, like eight people trying to convince me to do this surgery. So I was like, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't think so. Wow. So I was like. I went and prayed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just went and prayed, and uh, I was just going to attend CMA. I went and prayed. One, I didn't have the money. Two, I would miss on CMA if I went through the surgery. So I was like, you know what? I was just going to pray. So I went and prayed to the Lord that um, the Lord would heal, heal my hand, and uh, I'll be back normal again. I would not have that deviation, whatever. And it was my right rest. It was just rest. And... Uh, Bill called, so Bill told me about CMA. He came and picked me up and dropped me off in CMA. And he left because obviously he's 80. He doesn't attend CMA. <laughs> right. But um, he dropped me off. So I don't know anybody at CMA. Like, yeah. you see, I mean, you might come with somebody. You might know one person in the whole camp. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. <laughs> so it was like, oh, man, these people, I don't know anybody. <laughs> so I, was just, yeah. I was just there. And these people were, like, nice people. And... Um, you know, everybody was nice, and Peter, Peter, Peter came to me. He was like, "Man, come over here. I'll give you um, come over here in my room, blah blah." And I gave, gave me the room, and I was there. And yeah, I was there for CMA, and it was just mind blowing. It was just mm-hmm. like this experience that would prepare me for college, similar to my background, the camps I went for earlier. Mm-hmm. But these prepared me for college mission. That was for the fall coming up for the Christian Student Club. Just the material was just amazing, and the teaching—it was just like really this. I just always in love with it, and hmm. it was this experience wow. that I was like, "Wow, this is just wow!" And so, came back home. No, coming back home, I don't yeah. even have a home basically hmm. because I don't have that dorm anymore. And and then one, I don't have dorm, and two. I'm preparing for the fall, but I don't even have tuition to pay for the fall. I have wow. not paid for the past one. They would not let you register when you even have areas with, you know, they pass them as how would they even let you register for the next one? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right. So, yeah. um, so I told Bill about it. Bill, Bill told me, okay, you can come over and stay with me. I was like, what? So, so I drove to Bell's. So I was staying with Bell's now. That's the, the housing part is out of the way now. But now it's tuition now. Wow. And so I had to talk to the school that, oh, um, I don't have the money, but you got to work with me for this. And that scenario was like it, this huge huddle. How can, how can you tell the school that, okay, I'm not going to pay you guys, but just let me register for this one time. So prayed, prayed, because I didn't know, two days, one day before the semester starts, I even have no courses up. I, I have nothing registered, nothing. I, I don't even know. And mind you, as an internal student, your tuition is like way higher than the normal um, student, the right. average American. It's just way higher. Um, they charge you probably about $400 extra for each, I think, credit hour or whatever. Wow. Yeah. So it comes out really expensive. And and my, so on, when when before I came, my my total expenses for each year I'm at Jackson would amount to probably twenty thousand wow. dollars, and I have nothing of that, right? right? Yeah, right. So registering for courses, I was trying to convince these people after praying, praying hard that you know let me register. They they finally did. They're like, okay, we're gonna let you register. 
um, but you gotta make sure that you pay us the tuition, right? And international student again, you can't have FAFSA or any finance year from the government. It's just out of the picture. You can't have that. Wow. And you can't have private loans because you're not a citizen. You can't sign anything. <laughs> they will not let you sign yeah. anything. Right. You can't get any loans from any bank. So you, basically, you you don't have any fi- financial source. Right. Basically. You're on your own, and so I decided. So they were able to let me register for this semester. So I was there, and wow, this prayer worked. And so semester, you know, outreach was on. They, you know, gave me the opportunity to do outreach with the gappers, and um, it was just great. And mm. meeting Bibles, doing the Bible studies, and meeting new people, and talking to them about the Lord. It was just all that I dreamt of. This dream that I thought it would never even wow. be possible. Yeah. So the fourth semester goes by. Outreach was good, and it was the winter. Hmm. And I had to go to the drawing board again to talk to the school again about mm-hmm. my tuition and all that stuff. And I had to, there was a foundation, Jackson College Foundation, talk to them to let the school maybe let me register. So it was this thing that I had to go through multiple people, multiple people, the high of officers, the deans, and all that. And prayed, 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 prayed. They let me register again. Wow. And I'm having like <laughs> thousands of thousands that I have to pay back to the school. Yeah. And the foundation said, you know what, we would give you some money. So they helped pay some part of the money. But I had, you know, every, every, um, uh, uh, like an accrued balance of like, you know, I'm talking in the thousands, just wow. a lot of money. So they let me register the winter, did outreach. Um, it was just amazing. Just mm. amazing what I, it was. Yeah, and I, I was just talking to, um, just to give you guys like a, a sense of, how Sam was doing outreach. I was talking to a student last night who was at just one of our, our events here in Lansing. This guy's named Conrad, and he's uh, he's in the same nursing program that Sam was at yes. Jackson. Mm-hmm. So he just shared me his testimony last night real briefly. Like, Sam was inviting him. You were inviting him over and over yes. and over again. Mm-hmm. He has an experience of the Lord. Um, basically, you're the first person he talks to. This guy was an agnostic. Yeah dating an atheist and mm-hmm. they both come to Christ because of Sam's efforts and outreach. So God's using you, God's yeah. providing for you, mm-hmm. but he's using you in, using, yeah. in a yeah. very tangible way here in the United States, which Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, we had a Bible study. We had so many people and a lot of those people were, you know, atheists coming for the first time. And wow. I was part of those people and some other people in my class. But it was like this a blessing that I have these people. Sometimes, sometimes we have, we have to change rooms because of the amount of people that comes to oh Bible my study. Gosh, wow. We can't fit them in one. We have to move to accommodate everybody, and it was just this amazing blessing too. It was just like outreach to these people to have that opportunity was just so huge for me. And um, wow. but Conrad, I was, it was just persistence. Um, just telling him, telling him again. He was saying, "No, no, hell, no." He was not. <laughs> He was not even thinking about anything about Christ. And, right. <laughs> no, you know, and uh, just persistence every time, you know, telling him, you know, the Lord and all that. But he was just in a different world. He was not even thinking mm. about it. But eventually he decided to come. You know, him and all these people decided to come who, you know, don't, don't know the Lord and just interceding for these people every, every time and talking to them every time. Just persistence and prayer and prayer and they sewed up and... And it was just amazing what the Lord did with that, and uh, it, it was just amazing. So now mm-hmm. you you graduated from Jackson College. Yes. So yeah. Right. God 
like, mm-hmm. you got the degree. Yeah. Take us to, like, the end of the story. Now you've got that covenant with God of, like, you were going to be a missionary here. Mm-hmm. He's provided you along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you thinking for going back to this village in Senegal? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> so I, you know, graduated from Jackson, did my board exams, got out of the way. And luckily, I should have graduated Jackson with, like, you know, I'm talking 70000 in debt or whatever. But I graduated with about $10,000 in debt. Wow. Amazing. And so, and that was not, like, loans. It was just, like, from the school. So it's not, like, dated or no interest on it. So that was just amazing for me, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I... So graduating right now, um, and being able to sit for my boards and getting my nursing license, is it is it just feels great. The Lord, you know, moving me from all these things and me going through everything and me receiving those emails from the schools, school telling me that if you don't pay us, we probably would have to revoke your student license, uh, student visa, and you would have to go back home. And from that situation to now, and thinking back on it and seeing the journey that I. Um, you know, went through, just kind of gave me this sense of, you know, purpose and dedication to the Lord for what he has done for me. This, you know, impossible feat that (laughs) is just impossible to, um, to being where I am and me, you know, making the covenant. I was like, I would do this uh, through the Lord's help. And so right now I'm deciding to, you know, go back home, uh, go back to that place, to that island. And spreading the word, and obviously this would be it's a huge task, both spiritually, you gotta be spiritually prepared, or you know you would have a lot of fights. Obviously, be prepared for them, but yeah, not not a, that's dangerous mission. Dangerous mission. Yeah. It's a life and death mission. People <laughs> yeah. die for this outreaching to wow. the the people over there, and it's just a dangerous. You gotta be firm, and you gotta just just gotta be firm in the spirit to be able to undergo or go through that um, thing. So, but, um, yeah, so my thing is I'll go there in probably the next one year or so. Wow. And, um, yeah, probably with somebody else or whatever, whoever the person is. And so sure if anyone's listening, wants to go with Sam <laughs> on a crazy mission, yeah. like he's open to taking you. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. And, <laughs> well, yeah, um, this mission, whoever wants to go, it would just be great. Uh, I'm just sending a disciple to go with me to reach this much-needed, you know, people. Yeah. Uh, much-needed, um, you know, they, they just need it. And... Um, so uh, I think it's going to be a, a huge mission, but as, as days go by, uh, months go by, I'm praying for, you know, strength in the spirit, strength in the Lord, and um, the Lord giving me, you know, partners to be able to go wow. um, on this journey with. And so um, I know, you know, the Lord already knows how the journey is going to be. I don't know, but the Lord, you know, has a clear picture and all that, but I know, you know, through the Lord, everything is going to go well, and He's going to see me through as He saw me through all these years. So, I'm just grateful to be where I am and to be able to even do this. You know, it's mm. just, it's just, um, yeah, it's just. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam, let me just ask you this question because mm-hmm. just kind of hearing your story yeah. uh, for the first time in this way. Yeah, it seems with with the this group in um, in Senegal mm-hmm. with the people coming to your Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like you just have a heart for people who are far off. 
And yeah. in, in a word that you said, kind of talking about reaching out to the people in Jackson, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you brought up persistence. What do you th- where do you think persistence, mm-hmm. like where, where do you think that plays in mm-hmm. spreading the word, being on mission? How important is that, especially right now mm-hmm. in a time where it's just easy to, to give up? with yeah. COVID and a lot of our normal things being taken away, or a lot of our normal kind of strengths mm-hmm. not on the table. Mm-hmm. Could you speak a little bit to persistence in the mission? Yeah, so um, persistence in the sense of, because one thing is the devil will try to harden people's hearts, will mm. try to you know sway them in ways that are very you know intricate and uh, very complex that if you don't push hard enough, you would not be able to, you know, the Lord would, you would not be able to, it would not manifest in, in uh, manifest meaning, you would not be able to reach those people because you mm. haven't gone far enough. And persistence have to um, do with you, one, praying for them. This is us with prayer. And so you praying for those people, for God to soften their hearts, because if not for God, we can't do anything. Right. So God softening that heart, and with that, with that remembering them every day as you pray, and going to speak with them, and um, giving them a listening ear, because, you know, everyone wants to talk about their stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so listening to them, listening to their struggles, what their struggles are in life, and just listening to what they're talking about, I think is very key. And when people find that people, another person is listening, they tend to reciprocate whatever that is, and they would tend to listen to you more. Hmm. And so I find that, you know, listening to their stories and spending time with them, just listening to what they're talking about, um, sometimes it might not be interesting or whatever, but just being there, listening to what they're talking about, yeah. and being along, you know, being there along for them, and you kind of using those opportunities to spread the word, because the Bible is so vast and has this huge amount of knowledge and wisdom, that you can use in the spirit to be able to apply to real life scenarios for that life yeah. and stuff like that. So kind of not going, you know, for the jugular in the, on the first day, <laughs> but kind of, you know, from as time goes by, using the Bible to um, speak to their lives and you, you know, telling them either testimonies in the Bible or stories in the Bible or how the Bible would approach a certain thing in their lives. Mm-hmm. And kind of gradually coming in, I think was um, very um, instrumental in my outreach there for people who do not know the Lord, which, um, yeah, was... That's wow. awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I thank you so much mm-hmm. for, for just sharing your story with mm-hmm. us. I, I love a couple, like, things that stick out to mm-hmm. me is, yeah, like Travis mentioned, the heart for the lost. Mm-hmm. Um, even the willingness to go to some place that you will literally put your life in danger yeah. to go there for mm-hmm. the sake of the lost. But also, like, it's a story of faith. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if, like, us in America, we sometimes aren't, we don't, aren't forced to live by faith in that same way that you did, where mm-hmm. it's like, I've made this crazy covenant with God, I'm mm-hmm. going to a different country, I don't got any money, mm-hmm. but I'm praying. Like, faith forces us to pray. Mm-hmm. And that is so part of your story. It's like, every time you hit up an obstacle... Mm-hmm. You went right to prayer. I just yeah. started praying in the train station. I just mm-hmm. started praying in the tuition yeah. office. I just started praying for Conrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. that's so encouraging for me, and I hope for everyone who would be listening to this, that mm-hmm. we really are called to live by faith. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And one thing I realized with prayer and faith is we have so much power in the Spirit and in the Lord um, in general that we don't really harness it, I think. Yeah. Um, wow. We... we um, we tend to pray, let's say we're praying for something. We say, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that. But actually, the Lord has given us a, a vast amount of wealth as mm. Christians, as um, followers of Christ. And we, what we have to do in our prayers, let's say, whatever dimension of, um, whatever um, prayer it is, God has given us the power to speak things to existence. Hmm. And so, when we pray, God, give me this, God, give me this, He has given you that thing. The rest of us have that faith that He has given you that thing. Mm. And so, you just have to speak that thing into existence. So, mm. to speak it in that spiritual, in the spiritual realm that you've prayed for in that moment, God has given to it to you in the spiritual realm. And so, what you have to do is speak it into existence. Speak it into the physical, that you would see it in the physical. So, it might take time. And you should not sift your prayer to, you know, God, give me this, God, give me this. You should sift it after you've prayed to making it manifest in the spirit, in the physical, because God has given it to you in the, in the spiritual realm. So that's, that's one thing that I discovered, and it kind of helped me to, to change the angle of mm. prayer for me in, in a lot of things, whether it's faith-based faith or um, going through these obstacles that I've gone through or making things happen. It was just speaking them into existence and having that faith that this is going to happen. And I know that the Lord has given me this. And so my prayer has been, you know, speaking it into existence that I've received in the spirit. That kind of prayer yes. of like Jesus saying, so it's, you tell this mountain to move. Yes, you got faith it's, that it's going to move. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bold move, but that is where we should be as Christians. Hmm. Whether it's, it, it can be in different things. It could be provision. It could be in different things. Um, outreach, it could be in different things. But actually speaking things into existence um, have really um, have really sold me a, a different aspect of um, the Christian walk, I, I think. Um, yeah, I love that. Well, Sam, yeah. I, if you were sitting across the table, um, maybe let's at McDonald's mm-hmm. with one of the college student who's on mission right now in this time what's like what's one last encouragement that you would give them to to persist maybe they're a little bit weary maybe they're a little bit tired from doing mission in this crazy time what, what would be one last word of encouragement you give them i think i did i think one last word would be it's all worth it hmm. i think through what we go through the ups and downs wow. at the end of the day the price is bigger Amen. And when our eyes are on the prize, then the journey is worth it. And when the journey is worth it, then the struggles would not be, you know, would not be as um, crazy as or surpass the worth of that journey. So I think um, if the journey is worth it and the price is bigger, I don't think that is something obstacle-wise in the, you know, in our human existence to stop us from getting there. So I think mm. God, you know, has knows who, you know, we are humans and we have our troubles and all that because we are living in a, you know, a sinful world, but we what we have to focus on is not what we go through, but actually, you know, set our eyes on him. Mm. And when we do that, then we are able to go through life, go through mission, go through um all of this, you know, with 
you know, resilience and with a greater strive to know that this prize is bigger and um, I won't stop and I can't stop. Mm. So that mentality, yeah. Sam, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I love how Sam lives his life so that God needs to show up. He puts himself in situation after situation where his own strength and means are not enough, and he's forced to look to Jesus to provide. I can't help but be inspired in the same way for my own life. My prayer is that wherever you are, you will be open to taking a step of faith toward Christ. That might look like going to church for the first time or attending a Bible study. Uh, That might look like moving your life across the globe. Uh, But the most important thing is to say yes to Christ and to give him total control of your life. Maybe you heard Sam talk about this unreached people in Senegal and you think that the Lord might be calling you to something like that. Or maybe there's something more immediate. The Lord might be calling you to reach out to and build a friendship with that coworker that annoys you a lot and annoys everybody else in the office. Uh, I hope Sam's testimony inspires you, though, to step out uh, with some of the mustard seed faith and see what mountains move. If that's the case, let us know. Uh, reach out to us um, on Instagram. You can find us at Rise and Live Podcast or send us an email at riseandlivepod at gmail.com. As always, reviewing our podcast on your podcasting app makes it easier for others to find uh, our podcast in this algorithmically driven world. We'll be back again in two weeks uh, with another episode. Unfortunately, it's not going to be Thanksgiving themed, uh, but it will be enjoyable. Peace.